He always seems to get involved, doesn't he? I'm telling you, too many coconuts have hit him right on top of the skull. Well, I think uh, Anthony will be a great acquisition. He can do it all. Avery, whose show is this? Welcome everybody here to the uh, Lakers Lounge podcast. I'm Anthony Irwin. Uh, today joined by somebody who we were marveling at uh, how long it has taken for this to take place again. Um, had him on the show year, years ago, uh, plural. Uh, it has been way too long, but Jason Maples of Temple of Hoop, of Twitter, of all kinds of shit. Uh, one of my favorite online people is here. Thank you very much for hopping on, man. Thanks. Uh, how, how you doing? I'm good, man. Appreciate uh, appreciate you having me on, man. It's always a pleasure to, to hop on somebody else's, man. Especially somebody I uh, I have a lot of discourse with, discourse with so I'm expecting to have some fun tonight, man. Yeah, it's, it's going to be good. Uh, today, we are going to talk about a couple of the kind of talking points that have come uh, out of these finals and these playoffs and uh, the NBA in general. Uh, for one thing, I I try not to let like gloating bug me when a, when, when a team wins, you know, go ahead, talk your shit. You know, like I know, I know. Right now, there's a lot of Denver fans who are who are dunking on uh, Embiid's MVP. I would be doing the same thing if I was a Nuggets fan. So, like, that's that's fine. You know, that's 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 in its own thing. But when we talk, when we start um, applying morality to the way that teams win, uh, that's where that's where I start. That's where I get bumped a little bit. So we're going to talk about you know building teams the right way and and where that sentiment kind of comes from, and if that is something that actually matters, and then. Uh, Secondly, on, on the second half of the show, um, with the amount of success that foreign-born players are having in the NBA, it has led to a lot of discourse about uh, the way that players are um, developed here in the States, and specifically AAU. And uh, Jason, with your background in basketball, I, I think that's something that um, you would like to, uh, you know, discuss and, 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 and throw discuss. I just turned that into two words. Um, but, but yeah, that's, those are going to be the two subjects, but let's start though with like the notion of building teams the right way. And, and the thing that, uh, Nuggets fans are, are holding on to here is that, you know, Jamal Murray was drafted by them. Obviously Nikola Jokic drafted in the second round. Uh, Michael Porter Jr. is, is homegrown too. They seem to forget that Gary Harris and Monty Morris were traded away and brought in for Aaron Gordon and Contavious Caldwell Pope. But like, that's just, you know, that doesn't, <laughs> that isn't a part of the story apparently, but does like the, I, my theory though, is that this is a, a particularly online sentiment that like only people who have a lot of time on their hands, uh, <laughs> think of shit this way. And then on top of that, like it's, it's a very non-competitive uh, sentiment that like, you know, for me, if I was on, you know, when I played pickup or when I played, you know, whatever, it was just like, yeah, just win, you know, like don't right. stack it. Don't, you know, don't, you know, the, the, the Kevin Durant thing is where it goes a little too far when he went to the Warriors. But like, for the most part, like I, for me, from where I'm standing, I'm a Vikings fan, man. I just want to see a Super Bowl before I die, like let alone win <laughs> one. Um, and, and, you know, uh, I, I just think, you know, this whole notion of, of winning 
a certain way being the morally correct thing to do or the ethical way to go go about building a team is, is kind of missing the point. Where, where, where do you stand on it? Um, my thing is just in, in the big picture sense, the only thing that I think is probably required to win a championship is having a, a top five player. I'm not going to say five because it's more than five, but a top, a top tier player. There might be more than five in the league yeah. right now. A top mm-hmm. tier player. Uh, you look in the last few years, um, Joker this year, obviously, Steph, LeBron, Giannis, mm-hmm. Giannis Kawhi when he's upright. And I think yeah. that's the only requirement. Those teams all were built differently when you think about it. I mean, uh, yeah. Toronto finally gave up on DeMar and cashed in and got Kawhi on, on a low, on a buy low situation. Um, the Bucks, they put all their assets into the table after they had they had their core, then put the rest of the assets into getting Drew to finish mm-hmm. what they were building. Um, Denver just stuck it out, which I guess what people are, are rooting for. I guess that's a story to root for. The Lakers had a bunch of young assets cast them in for AD to go along with LeBron and free So it's like all these teams, the Warriors, of course, built theirs from the ground up. Whole core was drafted and then added Wiggins for the second, the fourth championship. So, yeah, I think that was just, I think that's the beauty in it. You know, championships can come about any different way. It's a matter of the only thing that's required to me is that do you have that guy? If you have that guy, then all by all means, bust to move to win a championship. However, I do think there's an extra there's a spectrum or an extra, or for everything. So I also don't think you need to be flipping a roster every year. Wink, wink, Los Angeles Lakers. Um, I think <laughs> some type of continuity yeah. is going to be um, kind of expected and required. I think I will say about Denver's quote unquote the continuity discussion. They knew how to respond every time they hit adversity in the playoffs, and I think yeah. that was a testament to their continuity. Um, I guess the biggest, you know, the quote unquote trouble they got into was when they got tied with Phoenix and they just they knew how to respond. They took care of business the next two games. I just think continuity gives you that, you know, that card. Okay, we know where to go when we get in trouble. We know how to respond when we get in trouble yeah. as a group. So I will say that those pros and cons to every, you know, every way you want to do it. I think that's the beauty of team building uh, in the NBA. And contrary to a popular belief, I think there are many ways to win in the NBA. It's not just, I think the stat that almost made me cry tears of joy was that none of the teams in the final uh, four teams except Boston were in the top 10 and three point attempts in the playoffs. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's the big thing with shooting, 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 shooting. No, you need yeah. good players. You need good players in a system that maximizes them. And I think that's, you know, that was very happy. I was very happy to see that because I think there are so many teams who just rely way too much on the three ball instead of, just taking the best shot possible and it kills them in the playoffs because they don't have no offensive diversity. So yeah. sorry for rambling, but I think the main thing is get the player first and everything else comes after that. Get that guy first. Yeah. It, it has been kind of funny um, when we, you know, when I hear people talking about the the nuggets and it's like, you know, wow, you know, it's incredible GM work and incredible front office and everything that they did. And it's just like, no, Jokic became the best player in the league, <laughs> and they stayed healthy in the playoffs. Like that's right. a pretty tried and true method there. Um, I, I also think, like you know, to kind of go back to it though, like I'm looking at it more as a fan, right? right. Um, does it matter to you if the team that you're rooting for, you know, it, it won with? homegrown players or if they won you know it's like i'm a laker fan right and i grew up with the three-peat and with kobe winning the back-to-back championships there and do the lake do those championships mean any more because it was kobe and it was a homegrown guy versus the championship in 2020 when it was like 
the Lakers were a disaster and then all of a sudden were able to win a championship. Like both of those rings, all of those titles to me, uh, you know, especially when you take into account that we lost Kobe that year and it was like that much more emotional that they were able to win that year. But like in terms of, in terms of like what a championship means to me, it's just, just win. I don't care if it's homegrown, free agency trades bring them all in like it's just like just win that's all the the only thing i'll say to that and i agree the championship i think every season is its own journey i think phil jackson was really really good about that how every keeping he you know kept teams focused for multiple three-peats i think he was really good about uh dividing every season into its own journey and don't let them run into each other i thought he was like the way he described that in his books is like masterful to me um but the thing that i will um say is that over the years you do get attached to certain players so i think that makes it mean for those guys who have been yeah. there you probably grew up grew for those guys year to year and to see those guys get over the hump i think that means something like you know warriors of 2015 seeing curry deal with the ankle injury for those years yeah and get over the hump first championship in 40 years you know that i think that that meant something uh same thing with you know this year with Denver. they watched Jokic second round pick you know they decide to trade Nurk and keep him. They invest in that team. They drafted Jamal Murray. So when you grow up with a uh, group of players or a player, I think in that aspect, it can mean something. But for the team, for the team, I think it's all the same. But I do understand people having attachment to players that they, hey, we drafted this guy. He's been with us the whole time. I do understand that part of it. I think it's definitely, you know, something to look at on both sides. Yeah, I, I, that's, that's absolutely fair, you know, um, and, and, you know, for, I think, an important aspect of that is the doubt, right? Like you mentioned yeah, Curry yeah. and and Warriors fans were never sure this guy was ever going to be able to stay healthy, right? His his ankles were made of paper mache, it seemed like for a while. And then <laughs> Yeah, and then um, you know, with with the Nuggets, right? Jamal Murray goes down and MPJ has multiple surgeries and now they get over the hump with with this team. And yeah, that's gonna mean something. Um and and like even you even look back at the three peat with Shaq and Kobe. They were down 14 in the fourth quarter there against yep, Portland. Yep, and you're yep. like, this really isn't going to happen. They're going to trade Kobe, and then they're going to try to bring in somebody who's more proven next to Shaq. And this isn't this isn't going to work. Um, yeah, people, yeah, people, yeah, people forget, you know, in 98, everybody was talking about a Bulls-Lakers finals. They get swept by Utah, yeah. then get beat next year by San Antonio, right? Yep. Then they bring Phil. So, like, there was, like, there was a lot riding on that fourth quarter. Yeah, I think people haven't realized there was a lot riding on that fourth quarter. <laughs> right, because the way that I kind of remember it, um, I wasn't a Del Harris fan. I thought like he was just the worst. But but like I remember um, being really frustrated because it just felt like at all times they were all playing like scared to get too loud or like really be themselves. Right, and and um, and then Phil shows up, and it's like. There is no other excuse. You brought in the the best coach of all time, <laughs> right. and if this doesn't work out, one of Shaq or Kobe are going to you know get the blame here. It's probably going to be Kobe because Shaq right. was such an investment. So it's like, please make it work in that fourth right, quarter, right, right. and and that's what made that uh, the explosion of emotion. That's that's absolutely fair. Like it, it, as it pertains to to um, you know what championships mean and stuff like that. But like <laughs> all that said, let's say let's say the nuggets don't win oh. right and they and they stick with like malone for a little too long or they never move like mpj or whatever or something like that and they never like fully do everything they might be able to do to optimize Jokic. 
um, that becomes like sadder than it would be if they won the championship by moving one of those pieces, right? Like to yeah. me, to me, it's just like just I mean, win, just go out and do what it takes to win. Well, the thing is, I think to the credit, they did that. They yeah. take it with the roster over. They they tried with the Gary Harris's and the Monte Morris's, and they I think they realized they saw Will Barton. Yeah, they saw how teams uh, attack Joker in the playoffs. I think they did a, a great self assessment. Say, hey, we need to get if we're going to keep Murray and Joker together, let's surround them with, you know, three and D guys. They went and got a super athletic wing who can. Eric Gordon was absolute X factor in this playoffs. Defended every other team's uh, best wing uh, throughout the playoffs. Uh, KCP um, again, underrated skill of his, just fabulous chasing. Chasing guys who yeah. come off screens all around the floor. I think just very underrated skill. Um, able to stay with shooters. And then, um, you know, on, on top of that, you got you drafted Brown, who's a great, great yeah. uh, role player rookie. You're probably going to lose Bruce Brown because of uh, he was a great ad. You're going to lose him. Thank God. <laughs> but Christian Brown fits right into that role. So you yeah. drafted, you know, the replacement for the guy you're probably going to lose. But I think they – they did a great self-assessment with that, and, and they tinkered that roster, like on paper, what they wanted, like what they think would uh, maximize Joker, and just put it into play beautifully about what they thought, you know, because Joker's obviously we don't see too many point centers, right? Yeah. <laughs> so you know they yeah. they had to maximize the roster, you know, accordingly. I think they did that very very well. Kudos yeah. to the front office, man. I was I was listening to the uh, DNVR guys today talk about Jokic and, and his defense, and I've seen a lot of and I and I myself have have talked about how like I think uh, actually Joker Jokic is actually like a little underrated defensively, right? And his just like competition on that side, right? Some sometimes what drives me crazy is seeing bigs who don't have the motor um, to 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 keep up on that end, and and actually like you know, read plays and move into the right spot. So you're just not an outright disaster. And I think right. he's done a really good job of, of like becoming that. And, right. um, you know, what I don't want to, what, what I think people as a result of the moment might eventually do is, you know, that is a really good defensive team. KCP is a fantastic defender. Uh, and Michael Porter Jr. is actually pretty underrated on that side of the court. 4180 uh, on defense. Yeah. And then Aaron Gordon, I think you can make a real case as like the best wing defender in the league right now um, when, when Kawhi isn't healthy. And, you he's know, up Gordon, yeah, he, yeah, he's up there. He's up there. <laughs> what he did to like KD, where he was making him work the way that he was uh, have, making him work. And, and even like with LeBron, you know, remember like LeBron played. And against Dylan Brooks, and he wasn't able to quite make a move, but uh, was still able to, like, at times get to the basket when he absolutely needed to. And then against, like, the Warriors, it was just, especially when he found out that Wiggins had, like, the 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 broken rib cartilage or something right, like right. that. He just put him in the basket and did so with the entire, you know, greater San Francisco area. <laughs> and then, and but, but like, with Gordon, Gordon was like a... a a combination, I think, of of Dylan Brooks and and Andrew Wiggins, and that he can move his feet and he was physical. He's such yep, a great yeah. pickup. You I think know, just for, like me at six eight two thirty five. Yeah, he can still move his former feet. former dunk like, contest. Yeah, yeah he's not going <laughs> to be bullied. Super athletic, doesn't back down. Um, I actually, man, I just on a personal like, I, you know, I'm, I'm from the Bay Area, so I've seen Aaron since uh, high school when yeah. he played with the Midi and then played for the Oakland Soldiers on the on the AAU circuit. So just kind of seeing him, his his whole journey, 
where, yeah. hey, I'm this big five-star, everything athlete. I go to Orlando. I'm humbled a bit by, you know, I'm, I'm not a number one. I get traded to a team. I'm, I'm going to yeah. be the third option here, maybe fourth some days when APJ's got it going. I'm just going to completely buy into that. And yeah. That, that, that journey is for a player to humble himself like that over. I think that's, you know, that's to be commended. Does not right. happen that way all the time. Yeah, I was going to ask, like, is that something that an AAU coach can teach a player or prepare a player for? Like, is that, or even even any coach, like, regardless. Like, so these guys were at that level where they have been the best player on every team that they have played on up until that moment. Yeah. Is, it, is there any way to prepare somebody for that, you know, humbling moment? I mean, honestly, some of that stuff might go beyond the coaching, man. It's like, you know, how are the parents? How are the family? How's the inner circle? You know what yeah. I mean? What are they, what are they telling them? You know what I mean? Because there's, you know, I'm trying not to point play, but there's a bunch of players in the NBA around the trade deadline. People were hesitant to trade for. It's like, well, he wants more shots. Well, he yeah. wants a bigger role. You know what I mean? So it's like, and that was causing teams to hesitate. I'm not going to throw any names out there because I'm not, you know, in these guys' locker rooms, but just that was the rumor for some guys. You know, yeah. not he wants a bigger role. He wants this instead of like, hey, he wants to win. You know what I mean? So that's. I mean, Thomas you know, Bryant, right? Like he yeah. asked to be. <laughs> he, like we, we can say he asked for a trade um, and then got trade. Now it works out. He winds up winning a championship. And I think, he, he you know, there's still a pathway for him finding a role in this league. Um, but yeah, like that's, you know, that's an example of. Right. Of, of, of that yeah I it's just it's it's so tough because um you were so practiced the I, I for me life is just about habits right right life is just you know you 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 wake up a certain way you approach the day a certain way and then and then you know for some of these guys to all of a sudden have their reality kind of shattered and and realize holy shit that guy's just better right like Charles Barkley tells the story of there wasn't a single player over the course of his career who he ever thought was better than him until he played Michael Jordan in the yeah, finals. He's yeah. like, motherfucker, that guy is just yeah. better than me. <laughs> you that, know? Was, that was one of the funniest, funniest interviews. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so, so yeah, I, I'm, I'm curious, like if you have, yeah, any experience or anything like that with like, you know, conversations with players heading into that, like you're going to reach a point, you know, and, and hopefully by the way, like that's the goal kind of right. Like well, you want to reach a point where you're playing at such a level that, it is incumbent on you to assume a role and and be a part of a winning organization like that yeah. that gets you paid i think now in the nba more than it did you know 10 years ago right well i'm not trying to trying to ramble like a whole world view here or cultural thing but i think uh just in general in, in the in the in america we're trained to be individualistic yeah. I think that even filters down into, you know, the recreational things like sports. You know what I mean? Um, mm -hmm. So I think it's always about, you know, what can I get? What can I do? And I think that is the foundation of that, you know, behavior being practiced. On the other side of it, I think there are a lot of fabulous, a lot of fabulous programs and coaches and trainers that are really into these guys telling them to be, hey, how are you helping a team if you're not scoring? Mm. Like those are like that's like uh, uh, I've seen a lot of that's the foundational question for a lot of great coaches that I know that I watched um, that I've seen just seen practice that <laughs> and I think you know AG AG got that at some point. Hey, how are yeah. you helping a team if 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 you're not scoring? 
Mm-hmm. Are you going to rebound? Are you going to defend? Are you going to play make? And I think, you know, that that's in him. Uh, a lot of guys don't have that, but, you know, that's in him. And who do you, who was, do you think is the next wing or player? Because, like, we saw it with Wiggins, right, right, where he assumed a role and the Warriors won a championship because he became, like, the best right. version of a winning player in the, in that system. We have Gordon now. Is there anybody that you're looking at? You're like, yeah, if, if anybody unlocks that guy, look out. Yeah, well, I, I've been, you know, burning incense and sage trying to get Brandon Ingram traded to Portland <laughs> where he can be perfectly slotted in a number two role behind uh-huh. Dame. So, you know, hopefully that can be it. I'm, trying, I'm, I'm guessing you're talking about more of a role player guy. I just had to throw that nugget out there. Uh. Yeah. Well, what's funny, though, is that like Wiggins for a while, they they considered him a one or a one a or two, you know, and he just wasn't that he, you know, he was never going to be that. Yeah. I I will say that he ended up being the Warriors second best player in in the playoff. That's fair. He was. Mm -hmm. I will say that. Um, Also, it helps when your number one is an all time number one. (laughs) That also makes it a lot easier. You know what I mean? So, uh, yeah, I'm trying to think here, Um, man. Ingram, Ingram, I think is is a really good example, though. Like, he is somebody who I, I like. I think, and I think this is something that you really uh, push back on in in really interesting ways. Is this notion of retrofitting efficiency, right? Like, uh, there are certain shots that need to be the 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 the, di- the shot diet that a team gets. And every offense is designed to getting as many of those shots as possible. But then you get into the playoffs and those are the shots that really, really good defenses are really working to, to not allow you to take. And so like somebody like Brandon Ingram, who we see is somewhat less efficient because of his shot diet actually could be hugely efficient because he's really good at the shots that you kind of have to take in the postseason. Yeah. And I think we saw that in the six game series that they had, you know, Unfortunately, uh, there is a six-seven behemoth that cannot stay on the floor, so we can never see that team. Yes, yeah. version of itself. It's always a patchwork issue, or just trying to put whoever out there. But whatever. Um, yeah, I, I've I've said this. I mentioned on earlier today on this show. Um, Lakers were Lakers were thirteenth and fourteenth in three-point attempts. The Denver was tenth, and Miami was thirteenth in three-point yeah. attempts. It was like in the playoffs. So it was like. But they have. They also had all three had great players that can get to the basket or make mid-range shots. You know what I mean? Or get to so, the line. Get to the yeah. line. I thought the Lakers were really good at that. You know, for all the ref talk all season, they got to the free throw line between LeBron, AD, Dennis gets downhill. Uh, even Reeves. after they got really, really gets to the basket. Reeves understands how to create, uh, miss, create leverage when he gets a step on somebody. It just, you know, it's it's really a skill. It really is a skill. Yeah. Yeah. Um. I this is you know kind of a perfect segue here into coaching right and development and stuff like right. that and um you know it, it just I I guess for those who maybe aren't as online or whatever but basically every right now you know you look at the 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 MVP candidates right it's Giannis and it's Embiid and it's Jokic and then you have Luca and then you know you have to go a little ways before you get to like the Jason Tatum's and um you know American born. Yeah. Uh, you know, best players in the league or MVP candidates, right? And 
that is used as an opportunity to take shots at the way that we develop players. But um, I actually had for Substack, uh, you know, for, for the podcast that I do over there for Substack, I had Lee Ellis on. And I don't know what you, if you know what Lee Ellis is doing, formerly of No Dunks Inc. And, and, um, and that, but now he's doing this project where he's going over to Europe and he's playing pickup games or he's going all over the world. He's, you know, playing all of these games all over the place and he's, getting a taste of like what different approaches there are to, to basketball elsewhere. And I asked him like, what do you think is going into the amount of success individually that some of these guys are having? And he gave a really interesting answer that made me think that like maybe child labor laws are what's holding us back here. <laughs> but like, cause he said that, you know, you have these guys playing professionally against grown ass men. Uh, when they're, when they're really young, you know, and, um, you know, when, when I was, when I, and, and I'm no athlete at, yeah, as people watching can tell, but like when I, when I, when I was growing up, um, dad would take me to a gym and I would play three on three, four on four against grown ass men. And you just like that you, you have to, they're, they're just more developed, right? You right. have to learn to play against that kind of uh, player and, and learn some of the tricks and stuff to become more efficient in those mo movements. On top of that, there's like the uh, societal aspects of like playing for a paycheck and playing against guys who are playing for a paycheck. And there's, right. there's that, 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 that goes into it. But I also think like, and this is where I think the conversation loses you and it loses me is this notion that like AAU is bad. Like AAU is, 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 is where we are wrong. And there are, there are things inherently wrong in AAU. And I think there are like societal factors that extend way beyond that. But yes. when you, when yes. you, when you hear the conversation about AAU, like what's, what's your general takeaway? Um, so I just, I just want to, before I, I go into this now, I just want to say like two things. One, when David Stern convinced professional basketball players to go play in that Olympics in 1992. This was the goal to globalize yeah. the game. Mm -hmm. um, now that it's being, you know, starting to be accomplished. I don't understand why the world is not being celebrated opposed to just, okay, yeah. let's take a dump on them. So I, I don't want like that conversation. Like this is what the NBA, this is what basketball wanted. Let's go. Also, by the, the way, game. It's kind of sort of how you fix the All Star game. Yeah, it's like, like, it's, it's, like, like yeah, it's like okay, that's what you want. It's like, uh, <laughs> yeah, you're never gonna catch American football here, so let's globalize the game and try to be number two behind soccer in the world. Yeah, like mm -hmm. so that's like I think Stern saw that early. You're just not gonna catch football. You look at the like, you can put the Cleveland Browns versus the Jacksonville Jaguars and it'll rival NBA Finals game just... in in London <laughs> at like eight in the morning. Right. <laughs> <laughs> So it's like, you know, it's not going to catch it. So let, let's just say two thumbs up to basketball for globalizing the game successfully. I definitely think it's getting there. Um, that's what I do want to say. Instead of knocking down AAU, let's celebrate what the goal of the NBA was. Yeah. Getting there years later. That team planted seeds. All the great uh, foreign players, they nearly all of them go back to that. Yeah. Hey, my I know somebody who watched that. I watched film. How specifically that said right. that like that 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 dream team, right. like he watched right. them play basketball and was like, I want to do that. Yeah. So my, like, my dad's a doctor and I'm like, I want you know it helps. I'm seven feet tall, but I want to do that. <laughs> yeah, that and that's the you know, so I think that that's the first part that's very frustrating to me. Um the second part is um 
try not to get you in any trouble here. <laughs> um, Have at it. It's just that, we're technically so, colleagues. We're 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 we are uh, we are we are. Yeah. So I'm yeah. sitting here. I, I watch. So I, I'm a Seattle Mariners fan. We never win. Um, I just love Griffey Jr. I stuck with the team. I watch mm-hmm. baseball. All these, you know, Central America Latino players come over here and are dominating the sport. And the conversation about developing American baseball players has never been seriously broached. Yeah. And, you know, so, you know, some of that, I'm not saying everybody, some of that is, is a lot of dog whistles from yeah. a perspective, in my opinion, just to be frank, to be frank with, you know, how some people watch the game, what they want to root for, styles of play. Some of that is a, is a cultural dog whistle to me. Yeah, we, we just saw um, Team USA lose in the World Baseball Classic to Japan. See? And right like after that, it wasn't said. like it wasn't like you know what's wrong with pony what's wrong with pony <laughs> baseball? What are we doing wrong? <laughs> so it's like you know that that's 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 the other frustration. Like the, there there are parallels with other sports. When other sports they want to globalize, nobody's going to catch football here. You want to globalize your sport. Yeah, you know what I mean. So like so, goals are being accomplished, but the reaction is the negative reaction is overwhelming. Just just wanted to get that out there. The thing about. Um, AAU to me, like everything else, obviously there are good parts and bad parts. I, I went over some of the bad parts. Um, you know, first of all, it's some of it at the lower level. The lower and mid levels is extremely, you know, unorganized. Uh, mm-hmm. You got anybody coaching. But I'm going to tell you, man, just being from the inner city, a lot of that stuff, man, the goal is not necessarily to, it's to keep kids off the streets, man. Like that, that's yeah. not as like to give kids something to do. And in that aspect, you know, some of that is successful, man. I know a lot of kids who, well, they end up professional basketball players, but having a, a coach, you know, speak life into them and, you know, tell them good things and give them some direction gave them an out. Yeah. You know what I mean? G- gave them a, a, you know, something to look forward to during the week. Like something, I, I'm just not out here getting into trouble. Yeah. And I think that part is being very glossed over. Like you mentioned earlier, there are some socioeconomic issues that go into that. There's no 14 year olds, getting paid to play basketball out here. I Playing agree that league. Coach Carter was a great movie. Oh, you want me to hit the <laughs> video button? <laughs> I'm trying to have a, have a moment. And you that at me. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I good, couldn't man. help myself. I could help myself. I, I get it every day. I should never let y'all know I hate that movie. Once, once a week. Once a week. Somebody hits me with something. Yeah, so, I mean, I know it's good. And then. You know that that's the main thing. Some of the some of the basketball stuff out here, the, the programs, it's not to make kids professional basketball, but it's to give them something to do. Yeah, to keep them from you know from other. And then you kind of realize, oh shit, this kid's really good. Yeah, right. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> what do what and do then, we do here? Then, yeah. Yeah. And then, um, yeah. At the top level, like everything, when money gets involved, there are politics with guys getting ranked. Guys being pushed yeah. uh, beyond certain guys like I, that. That's it. That's what happens when money get, gets involved in anything. You know, it gets, you know, it gets tainted to a certain point. Yeah, mm-hmm. but I will say this. You know what? Eighty-nine percent of the National Basketball Association played AAU basketball. Yeah. So it's like you know, it, it it's working to a point at the top level, uh, especially you know EYBL, uh, Adidas Gauntlet, the Under Armour uh, circuit. You know. You do see some of the, the top players play against each other. You do. And then uh, you know, you got the the, the under eighteens, the FIBA under eighteens, where they get to connect with college coaches and get to get really coached over the course of a summer. I think that's good. You know, you got the G League Ignite, 
where they get the guys who feel that they're on that level, they get to play under a, for a professional coach for a season before they go into the draft in a professional yeah. D League type situation. So, you know, there are things that are positive about the the American development system. And if it was that, you know, flagrantly bad, why is, is the vast majority of the NBA, you know, playing from, a- that, basketball, system. from that mm-hmm. system? And the, yeah. you say the game is getting better. Also, um, when, you know, overseas players come over here and flame out, nobody's, you know, <laughs> just cracking down on how terrible their, you know, their development system is. It just is, I think, again, like you said, you were talking earlier about, you know, the way somebody builds a team. It's the same thing, the way somebody plays or the way somebody, you know, um, decides to, to, to build themselves as a basketball player. Just say you like it more. It's okay. If you don't like the some of the, the, the dribbling, the one-on-one, the ISO play, that's fine. If you prefer some of the other stuff that's zero-wise, the, the movement, offense, that's fine. Just say mm-hmm. that. But don't try to act like it's better when it's it's literally not because the AAU system breeds the most professional basketball players in the world, literally. The yeah. most professional basketball players in the world come from AAU basketball. Well, NBA players, right? Because like, NBA players. Like, you're right, yeah. the NBA players. Oh, but you can go – but that's because overseas – how many how many of those teams are littered with division one guys who play yeah. AAU? That's also kid. fair. So it's like it's they're they're yeah. all over the world. Yeah. I, I I think to me, you know, a lot of this is circumstance, you know. It, it, there aren't a ton of like Greek players in the NBA. And it's not like we aren't we aren't sitting here saying like where are is the country of Greece failing the sport of basketball? You know, like it's not we aren't we aren't really getting that. And and uh, and yet, like the rep- the, the representative of Greece is really effing good in yeah. in Giannis. So it's just like I, I you know, I, I think um, the point that I agree with the most, and and frankly, the reason I wanted to bring you on is because like, whenever something happens, we are so quick to like criticize the thing that fell short or isn't isn't living up to maybe expectations or whatever. Like the, the the Miami Heat, I, I listened to um, Levitard and, and and that show uh, earlier today, and and Dan, like I really respected it. It was just like, no, I'm not going to say that I'm like disappointed in this eight seed Miami Heat team or this eight seed uh, Florida Panther team for losing to two juggernauts at the top of the sport. You know, we we can say that. One team lived up to expectations and another team exceeded expectations, but still wasn't quite as good as the other team that right. they were going up against. And we can celebrate the fact that like Denver was really good. And, and I think what we can celebrate is that, you know, there are players who were coming over from overseas who are really effing good. And, and, and I think it's it like for me, um, the diversification of the sport is to me the 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 more important story here the notion that like the the notion that like we are watching a player in Jokic bring that euro ball over and have that success and now it's just a matter of like all right how are how is a team that doesn't have Nikola Jokic that doesn't have Luka Doncic that doesn't have Giannis Antetokounmpo on on their roster how are they going to beat that style of basketball and and like the you know uh, diversity, like you know when when it's when it's properly applied, it leads to and in, in that competition that 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 it, you know that if it's allowed to uh, occur freely, 
that competition is going to make the entire economy, that entire industry, that much better. It's going to raise the bar of that entire industry. So like rather than whine about, well, golly gee, where's the American, the, 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 uh, the FIBAs are going to take place this year. Right. And, and, uh, whenever team USA goes over to play, I think it's in Japan. Um, whenever team USA goes over to the play, we're going to be the heavyweight favorites. And that's despite not having those guys on it. And where are those players coming from? You know, right. so, so you clearly know, something right is, is taking place. Again, under 16 FIBA, you just, I just pulled it up under 16, under 16 FIBA's men's basketball team, eight straight gold medals. <laughs> that's, you know, that's six under six, 16 and under that's eight straight. So, you know what I mean? It's like, let alone what's happening on the women's side of the game where yeah. we are just so, absolutely, so I think we beat some team. I think it was, it might've been FIBA under 16s that won like 88 to 33 or something earlier today or whatever. But yeah. I just think, so they're like, people are upset or, you know, using the fact that the top 0.5% of NBA players aren't, or point the top 0.01%, the cream of the cream of the crop is yeah. not American to excoriate the entire development system. I'm like, I'm like, I'm looking like how many seven footers move like Giannis? <laughs> yeah. You know, like how many like we've literally like, never seen Jokic we, before. We haven't seen that. We haven't seen a player like Jokic before. <laughs> like they're unicorns. Even if Wimby ends up hitting his ceiling, we haven't yeah. seen a player that size move like that. Yeah. There's, nothing, there's no development. I don't care what you develop. There's nothing to match seven feet moving like a six five guard. Yeah. The same thing with KD when KD's like watching KD was like, it's nothing you can do with that when, when yeah. he's in his prime. Like, like, it's the same thing. You guys are freaks of nature. Like, yeah. Luca's the one who's like probably normally sized, but just been playing pro ball since he was 14, incredibly skilled. Just a, another set of circumstances that put him in position to be that guy. Yeah. That would and be he's the, having that... trouble winning over here. He's having trouble winning over here. Yes, that's true. <laughs> well, I mean, it doesn't help that Dallas, you know, decided to trade yeah. for Kyrie, but like, um, but like I, I, the only thing, and the reason I brought up Lee talking about it is, you know, it would be nice to see in some way, maybe it's happening with the G league and, and, um, maybe with NIL, you're going to have players stay in college a little bit longer, um, so that you do have more experience against guys with like a paycheck on the line or like grown ass men and that experience there, like that, that kind of stuff does help. And, and, you know, we do have labor laws here. So that, that would stop, you know, a 16 and, and the NBA doesn't want, uh, their owners don't want to draft a kid coming straight out of high school because of the Kwame Browns of the world. Um, and, and they've, they've made that decision, but yeah, if there was one, you know, tweak or one addition to development here in the States, it would be, you know, more competition against different age groups, but that's really hard to just kind of like snap and hope that that just appears. That doesn't, it doesn't work like that. And, and, and even with not having that in place, I think we're doing, I think we're doing fine. And, and I do think it's a matter right now, like the idea that the, the sport would expand across the entire globe and we wouldn't find unicorns in every corner of the world is so ridiculous that like, I just, I find myself kind of cackling at like those frustrations, but, um, 
yeah, I, 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 I think uh, I, I, I'm, I'm really excited though, like uh, you know, for these FIBAs and for the fact that the the game is as diverse as as it is, and all that means is that the sport is going to get that much more fun to watch. Like that's the hey, that should be the takeaway. <laughs> hey, I get to watch Brandon Ingram and Austin Reeves on the same team, man. When I tell you, I'm not gonna miss a game. <laughs> Yeah, it's going to be fun. I get to watch B.I. and Austin Reeves, man. Yeah, I thought I thought for a second I was like, hold on, what? Like, <laughs> I I, th- I thought I missed a Woj notification, but but no, um, no that 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 Team USA team is is going to be really fun. Um, all right, I'm going to get you out of here. Uh, before I do, is there anything that you want to plug? Um, anything specific that you want to draw some attention to? I know, man. Just again, you know. Uh, Blue Wire, Blue Wire, uh, you know, employee. <laughs> Make sure you follow uh, Temple of Hoop. Um, we're also on the Blue Wire Network. Wherever you get your pods, Temple of Hoop, myself, Kings, my boy Jordan. Uh, similar to this, just come in, shooting the shit about random NBA topics, basketball topics, and just having fun with it, man. Kings had me blocked for the longest time, and we had never interacted. And I think he <laughs> lost his account. And, yeah. um, and you know which sucks like that that would drive me insane but uh one i guess quote unquote positive here is that i now get to see his tweets oh, and i <laughs> i appreciate his <laughs> takes on stuff so so shouts to shouts to kings and again uh temple of hoop is where you can find jason talking about basketball also like he said with blue wire you also coach, man. Um, you know, and 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 uh, that's something that I, I wanted to touch on a little bit more here. But that just means I have to bring you on um, sometime before, like two years from now. I'm with it. I'm with it, man. Again, you know, shout out Contra Costa College, man. Uh, the JUCO grind is definitely different. If you seen Last Chance, you uh, especially with Elac, so great. We play in that same state, so some of the same issues, uh, living situations. A lot of guys uh, dealing with some issues on and off the floor that we have yeah. to address every day. So I'm in that man. It's, uh, I love it though. I love it though. If I can just change one guy's one guy's life this season, it's worth it for me, man. That's that's why I, that's why I do what I do. That's that's really really cool. So again, Jason, thank you very much for hopping on. Uh, best of luck to to Brandon Ingram for to to hopefully get out of New Orleans and and go and play <laughs> with with Portland. <laughs> whatever it takes man i'm i'm pulling for him too i've always liked brandon actually he was uh he was the first laker that we had on this show um and like a a legitimate career accomplishment for me was getting wow. him to laugh on the show like uh cause wow. you, know, you know him like he yeah. he does not laugh he is you know very like there is zero bullshit in his in his atmosphere and uh yeah getting him to laugh was 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 really cool so yeah Rooting for Brandon. Um, thank you, thanks again, again in a ton. And we'll talk to you soon. Peace.